Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. Oh, Landon, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you. How are you doing? Hanging in there. Are you in Utah today? Yes, I am. Yep. I was out of the, I was out of town last week, but uh, back in Utah this week. So at home. Okay. We're recording this for the listeners, by the way, mid-April. Uh, man, I'm ready for spring, bro. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I know we both live in mountain states, right? So we're dealing with snow and all that is part of our lives. I live in Colorado, but this year in particular, I'm just, God, I'm ready for some warmer weather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I was out of town, I was at an Asia PAC uh, conference and so happened to be in the lovely uh, location of Hawaii and oh. coming home Hawaii is miserable no matter what, right? It's like, oh man, I, you know, but um, coming into Utah, the streets are covered in snow. We, you know, it was like a just monster storm, but we're starting to get the, we're starting to get the sun out. So yeah, starting to see some signs, aren't we? We're starting to see some signs. Uh, so Hawaii, was it good? Was it, was it, uh, was it a good time? Fantastic. Yep. You know, business purposes and uh, brought my family for spring break. So worked out really well. You know. First time they've been there? My kids, for sure. Yeah, they're they're young, eleven down to four. So they had a great time. Eleven to four. Oh, how many you got? Um, we have four kids. So, and and I had you know from the conference, I had this bottle. It was a BYU Hawaii water bottle, you know, kind of thing that I'd got. Um, and my little, I gave it to my son yesterday, and it, you know he opens it up and, it, and I told him it was from the chief fire dancer, right? And so like. <laughs> And there's like the little, little disclaimer note or washing instructions inside of it. And he pulls that out. And I was like, oh, he wrote you a note. You know, <laughs> this note says he saw you in Hawaii, saw that you're really strong and that you'll protect other people. Wow. Uh, cool. <laughs> so then he comes home from preschool yesterday, like way mad because his teacher threw it away. Ooh. And he said, she promised that she will get it out of the garbage and bring it to our house. <laughs> so wow. anyway. Wow. Yeah, that was our yesterday. He was a little ticked off. The fire dancer cheats and <laughs> <went> missing. <laughs> you said four to eleven, and four of them. Uh, you're it's busy at your house, bro. Busy. It is. Yeah, it is. Yep, yep. Three <sighs> girls, and then our last one is a little boy. So. Okay, all right. Four to eleven plus. Now they're yeah. Once they start getting into activities too, like whew, boy, you're, there's gonna be there's gonna be no regular evenings at your house pretty soon. Nope. <laughs> No, yeah, that's it's already dance dance recitals and competitions and and all the fun stuff. Yep, it's, that's it's cool. Good. What's your uh? Well, I was gonna say what your wife do, but I, I'm guessing take care of four little ones, which is like a major job. That's a huge job. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um, it's a, it is it's a huge job, and she she loves it. She goes above and beyond, you know, with it, and um, it's incredible. So, yep, that's great, man. That's great. How'd you meet your wife? Um, she was in a college class with my older brother who luckily was already married because, you know, he's like, Hey, you got to meet this girl. She's great. You guys are a lot alike. And, um, so yeah, he, uh, introduced us and she made me work. Tell you what I had. To, oh, did she? Oh, it wasn't, didn't you? <laughs> a lot of story there. So yeah. Is that right? So it wasn't just like, Oh, love at first sight. And she's not, none, none of that. No, no. Okay. Yeah. She says she was joking, but when she left a first voicemail, you know, we're trying to catch each other. She said something like, I've talked to your brother and it sounds like we would be really compatible. I mean, I'll never forget hearing that word compatible, like on a first, like, whoa, yeah, I guess that's probably how my brother told her too. But then um, <laughs> she made it. So like, you know, went on a date and then th that was in July, went to days of 47 rodeo here in Utah. Okay. And then um, it was, you know, several months what, what, I tried to get a second date with her and she kind of punted, punted. And then I think we talked in September. 
I was inviting her to a football game and she's like, well, I can't, but I did get some ski tickets for this thing if you'd want. And I'm like, ski tickets, it's September. Like, you're really not that interested. So um, we stayed in contact. And then a friend of mine, I think you're, you'll like this, probably your listeners will too. I haven't seen or heard anyone else do it, but a good friend of mine came up with this idea. He's like, hey, here's what you need to do. Let's buy some flowers. We'll go deliver them to her. I will, not not me, Landon, my friend Isaac, delivers her these flowers um, and then has her sign for like a long distance delivery, just that she received them. And we put a bunch of fa- like small print that's like, by signing this, I agree to go on a date with Landon before December 25th or cool. I buy out Landon delivery guy cookies and everything. So <laughs> kind of fun. So we, we conned her into a contract and <laughs> that's good. Into a similar way, so of course. So yeah, uh, that's pretty good, man. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good story. What school were you guys in? What college there? We went to Weber State in Utah. Yeah, okay. That's where I did my undergrad, and then I went to Thunderbird for global management in Arizona. Okay, so you grew up in Utah too? Uh, grade school, high school, all that? For the most part, yeah. My dad worked for the Air Force, so I lived in Alabama uh, as a kid till I was ten, and then stopped in Texas, and then. Junior high, high school, Utah. Yep. Utah. Okay, very good. Are you folks still still there, still uh, in Utah? Yes, they are. Uh huh. Yep. All right. Tell me about them, your mom and dad. So your dad was Air Force uh, as a career for. Yeah, Correct. talk to me about it. Yeah. Yeah, he um he went to he has a PhD actually, you know, oh. and worked a very middle income, you know, secure government job that he he hated. <laughs> he just retired about a year ago, so um anyway but uh probably over over what's the word overqualified for most of his career um my parents had six kids so i was number four and um they my mom taught piano lessons after school to to help pay the bills as well um a bunch yeah like talk about busy they had a bunch of athletes and um all the all the stuff all the things yeah exactly and what kind of and, and what kind of kid were you were you an athlete too were you a rebel were you a straight a student like give me what how was landed i i would i would say i was kind of um i tried to stay under the radar but even maybe still i'm like hey i'm the middle child that's trying to get attention here so hey okay. can you you know listen to me and then i'm over here i'm over here yeah, yeah that's right i was i, I was a student <laughs> body president in you know ninth grade and a captain on the football team all of a sudden it was like oh we've got this kid over here that's oh. he's, gonna, he's gonna screw up that's cool <laughs> well, no it was but um they were amazing parents and my siblings and it, it was like you know you're when you have a big family like that your siblings also take on quite a bit of a parenting role too mm-hmm. um and so i look up to my my older and younger siblings a lot so yeah that's cool that's cool so uh you were athletics you captain of the football team uh were you good enough to play at, at weaver or no not not quite no no, no. no. i don't no. think so i don't i was pretty small and so lucky enough okay. to be able to yeah have the have the time that i did so did you play yeah. intramurals did you do any intramurals there and have fun oh, yeah. no yeah, yeah did you? Okay. That, that kind of stuff's fun yep oh man yeah i had a good time doing that too we thought we were all like really athletes but we weren't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, my little brother was a really great athlete, and he they didn't cut him from the Weber State basketball team, which people know of Weber State basketball. Right. Um, and he would have played with Damian Lillard if he would have stuck with it and, and played. But the coaches were essentially like, you, you may travel, you may not, you won't, you're not really going to play ever, but you could be a part of the team because, you know, you're good enough to hang with us. And yeah, so I did not to do it. And I'm like, well, that could have been cool. You and Damian might be buds today yeah so. <laughs> yeah right yeah but that's a lot of sacrifice i've talked to people about that sure. in that situation you know yeah. there's a ton of sacrifice to play at that level or be part of it at that level and sacrifice all of that time and never get to step on the court like yeah i don't know no thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you. did you did you know what you wanted to do when you were in school i mean did you kind of like you know yes i'm gonna be this or, or talk to me about your you know as you moved through school what you wanted to do um i, I had a really cool job in high school even um i got okay. to be the the manager at a, at a country club over their their pool and recreation area so i okay. got to hire my friends that was the best job ever and i was the manager right so and by the way, I love I love the fact that that's I love the fact that, that that's actually on your LinkedIn pool manager. I love that. Because cool. it, 
it was the best job I've ever had. Like I should have been paying them. I think like it was so much fun. Um, so, so much fun. But, uh, I remember hearing what an MBA was right. An MBA and someone explained it. It's all, oh, it's like, you know, doctors or lawyers, but this is for business people. And it means you, and I said to the person explaining it, what well, doesn't everyone want to be a manager? Like, should, doesn't everyone want to be a leader? And he was like, Nope. So nope, they don't into that. <laughs> Um, and, and I, church, I served a, a mission for my church in the Baltics. So I lived in Eastern Europe and Lithuania and Latvia and, and had a lot of international exposure, loved it. Um, and it was like, well, I, I want to do international business and I know I want to get an MBA. And I heard about Thunderbird, um, my alma mater. And okay. so it was like, I'm going for that. I want to go to that uh, institution. It's a specialty school for global leadership and, and global MBAs. Um, so that was, that, that's kind of what kicked everything off. Went to that school and did a six month stint with Cisco systems and San Jose, and then, um, did some consulting for Exxon mobile in Africa. That's great. Um, yeah. Studied in Europe, studied in Beijing. And then after that, it was like worked for Exxon and started a career in, in global business essentially. So doing what I studied. And but functionally, were you an analyst? Were you a numbers guy? Like, what was the function? Because I, when, when I'm studying you, you know, getting ready for the for the podcast, I'm like, man, he, there's a little bit of everything in here. Which turns out, which by the way, is great as a business owner and an entrepreneur if you have all these functional experiences, right? That's awesome. Yeah. But I was looking. I'm like, okay, how did this how did this flow here? What what what? what the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Great, great question. Because anyone that's looking at my resume is like, wait, what? So um, <laughs> the the thought was companies like ExxonMobil that still do those traditional expat assignments, you make a lot of money for being willing to live overseas, you know, in a in especially a hardship country. And so I figured I'll I'll do accounting and finance if that means I can, you know, go go get an expat assignment. Okay. Um, and so I was an analyst and I did uh, global outsourcing analytics and some accounting and started to see like, it's getting really difficult to get those expat roles. Maybe I want to go home and my, well, actually this is something maybe good for your listeners who are doing, going through the job seeking phase. Okay. Okay. Um, I took an aptitude test before graduate school, not uh, a, a, an aptitude or like what your yeah. skills, your interests, your motivators um, I could give you the link afterwards um, called Career Leader. It's through Harvard. Okay. And it steered me to sales. And I I was like, well, I want to be a consultant. You know, I want to be in fi corporate finance and all these more prestigious, I guess. Um, so I ignored it thinking it's because I did sales through during my undergrad. And then, well, you know, after four years at ExxonMobil doing accounting and finance, I retook that same career leader assessment. And it put, you know, on a scale of one to 100, corporate finance was 30, accounting was 11. And then like everything in the 90s was like sales, sales management, sales leadership. And so I ended up uh, making my way to um, a company called Pluralsight, where I was on their international sales team. Okay. And you know, that all that all comes all the way back from your childhood, right? Like early on as a leader, even you mentioned as a leader on the football team and in sports, the pool manager, which... Working at a country club takes lots of people skills, right? All yeah. of that go, goes all the way back to that that e that EQ was being developed way back then, right? And and it just oh, yeah. stayed it just stayed there. <laughs> and then yeah, that, that's the natural skill. Yeah. And accounting and finance was really forced. It was <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> really <laughs> learning how to do all that and competing with people that are incredible and you know passionate about it. Uh, so that's how okay that's how that all right i was wondering kind of how that flowed i appreciate you yeah yeah explaining that okay so now you're now you're in your 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 element so to speak you're dealing with people yeah. sales relationships things like that okay good good i i, I claim to be a recovering accountant so i can <laughs> geek out in spreadsheets and have a good time uh, truthfully but uh, uh, yeah so that's in good. my element for sure and then when you were moving along did you always have the, was the entrepreneurial thing kind of like eating away at you or that came in later? How did that settle in? Um, so the story, of, you know, from my career perspective, the head of international at Pluralsight where I was, he, you know, recruited me there. And then he ended up leaving to a consultancy okay. um, where, you know, they help com companies expand overseas. 
And I followed in there again with my passion for global and in in sales. All right. Not married, not, not married at the time. At the time married. Yeah. Uh Did she go with you? Well, no. So it it was uh, same geography here in Salt Lake. Yep. I see. I see. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. All right. Yeah, well, I, so, I was, what I was trying to figure out is, did you ever have any overseas assignments where you had to, to drag your wife and kids along with you or, or no? No, the okay, six, All right. six weeks I did in uh, Africa, they did not come. So okay, I would okay. like to, she would like, like to as well, but we didn't, didn't ever okay. do that. Okay. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to get you off path there. I was just wanted to see if, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. So anyway, that, that leader went and we, so to, to answer your question about the entrepreneur entrepreneur bug, no, I didn't have it at all. I liked the idea of working for a company in a secure environment and growing a business and everything. But we had such an incredible team there and such limited control on the delivery of the service um, and a couple of other things that I was saying to my co-founders for years, like, let's do this. Let's do it on our own. The for our offering is huge. Um and so I happened to be able to pick a couple of my best good friends, best friends and, and colleagues that I've ever worked with. And okay. so the entrepreneur thing is, was really more like it's, it's, it's in front of us. Why would we not do it? Let's do it. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, and did you talk to me about that transition? Did you quit your job? Did you how, yeah, talk to us about the, the leap? <laughs> yeah. So I left that company and did a stint or two in between that, that aren't necessarily relevant to the entrepreneur conversation. But okay. um, I those experiences gave me enough to see that the life of a founder, the life of a true startup starting All from right. scratch, it is a grind. And I've learned a lot from those two companies. And then in this position, I mean, yeah, it's like, I think I saw a meme. I, I wish I need to dig it up, but it was like for startup leaders, I didn't do this because it's easy. I did this because I thought it would be. <laughs> and so there's a piece of me that's like, eh, there's some truth to that. You know, I thought this was a lot easier. We go get a couple of anchor clients and we grow a business and hire people and and we're off. And yeah. That easy. Sure. Because <laughs> yeah. you were at, well, you were at a place called ISO Talent or something, just in a regular job. And, and what, then you called your buddies and you guys design this thing and then you and then you did you work nights and weekends and ease into it did you all just quit your jobs talk to us about that well frankly um yeah i was an executive at iso talent leading their go-to-market efforts and it's a recruiting agency um and uh i had told them we need to do this global offering it's a, a great way to get recurring income I'm I've done global for my life and and then you know it's an itch that's not being scratched with general domestic recruiting they said, okay, we've got an appetite for it. Um, I recruited these two, co- my current co-founders, two ISO talent. Oh. And uh, then things shifted in understandings and uh, the business model, the cap table, all those kinds of things. So our CEO, my one co-founder, he, after seeing the writing on the wall for just a couple of weeks, he said, I'm, I'm out. Let's okay. do this on our own. Um, and so we May 1st will be the day that we all three quit our jobs with no income and uh, said, let's go. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, yeah, let's let's take a breather right there for the listeners. All right. So you're at this ISO talent and you see the need for some sort of global talent tool. You present it to the leadership team at ISO talent. At first, they like it. You kind of headed down the path, but then some things happen with the company where you're like, oh, boy, this uh, this ship is taking on water, and you guys all get together, and you're like, let's do it. And then you, 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 all three of you are able financially, personally, all three of you were able to just quit your jobs and and uh, go with this thing. I, I, you know, that is very hard. The reason I'm digging in on that is because so many people I talk to, you know, they have a business idea or they're, they're an aspiring entrepreneur, but the thought of quitting their job and they're like, well, how am I going to make my car payment? How am I going to make my rent payment? You know, how am I going to, uh, all three of you were able to do that. And did my, is my internet hanging up Landon? It did for just a second, but I okay. understood your question. I, yeah, I okay. gathered the question. Yeah. The, the, um, the, the piece when, you know, when I was at ISO talent, I, even first interview, I said, this is my passion. Global is my passion. I would love to be able to do it. 
The problem was they didn't want to allow me to get into that global side because I was, like I said, an executive on the yeah. sales and marketing side of the business. So they wanted to keep me over on talent, not on global, and then um, changed, you know, anyways, yes, uh, great people, love them, have a lot of great friends there. But the way that that ended up working out um, led us to didn't want to do the nights and weekend thing because we'd be competing against them, right? Like, uh, I see. That would have been a conflict of interest. The honest thing to do is to say, sorry, uh, I don't want to compete against you. I see. We're out. Um, and we had, I posted about this a couple of weeks ago. We raised some seed money, but like a couple of people saying, I would invest in you. You betcha. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, that, that changes everything. Now we're talking, right? So, um, and, and frankly, like there wasn't, for, for some of them dollars came later, but just hearing someone say like, yeah, I would invest in you. Don't, don't, don't do it under someone else and, and grow a business under someone else's company. That's already giving you a hard time about wanting to do it. Um, go for it. Like do it, do it with your co-founders that it's almost risk-free. You have relationships and partners and like, go for it. So. Um, wow. That, that speaks yeah. to, that speaks to the importance of relationships and networking over the years, right? Cause you had built up trust and these, and these solid relationships with people in your life at that time that knew you, respected you, trusted you. And and then when you talk to them about it, they're like, Hey, yeah. And uh, yeah, great job on your part to just have that kind of network to support you there. Even if at first it was just verbal, like you said, it's great to hear it. Right. So that's good. Yeah. How'd your, how'd your wife react when you're like, Hey, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do this. I have no idea how much money I'm going to make. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, we had sold a house and bought a new one and actually ended up having some, some, a little bit of slush, some savings. Right. Okay. So, All right. He was very clear. Like, you should do this. Um, wow. She was on board with me saying, you got to get Freddie and Tyler to do this, you know, get, get, you know, so cool. um, when I was recruiting them to ISO talent and then even during those first couple of weeks where it was like, yeah, you should, you guys need to do it on your own, go for it. So she was All incredible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's you, it's you and two co-founders at, at Listo Global. Is that, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. And what's the, what is it? 33, 33. What's the cap table? Can you share? Or how are you guys? Are you in charge? Who, who's in control, Landon? <laughs> yeah, it's somewhat similar to that. Yeah, I wouldn't give the exact uh, figures, but Freddie is our CEO. He's the best in this industry, I believe. He's a, a true, you know, Simon Sinek. He loves people, cares about people deeply, and okay. people feel that. So, you know, um, we have a line of great talent that want to come work for Listo. Awesome. already um because of his leadership and who he is and what we're what we're building um so he's our ceo and then tyler is he was the general counsel for that consultancy so he's a lawyer um on the call before this um, and he's he's fantastic so um yeah so so it's myself and tyler and freddie um and then we have two others on our team on w2 gene and judy who are also incredible okay. um and then we have a whole bunch of different contractors. We eat our own dog food and hire from around the world. Um, oh, great. And, uh, you know, leverage, leverage lower cost markets. And we're, we're off and going, growing. So out of the three founders, functionally, you had a, you had a CEO, uh, you had a sales, uh, sales guy like yourself and you had a lawyer, which is great. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But you, Fred but you, you didn't Freddy's have a you, you didn't have a software engineer. You didn't have a you didn't have a, a coder necessarily, right? So did you? Uh, how did you get get Listo built from that perspective? Well, so I'm um, Seth is our tech co-founder. Okay. Um, and he's transitioning to pursue a different passion of his in the AI space. So oh. I didn't mention him because this will that fact will be outdated here and probably just another month or two, but he's fantastic. Like okay. six foot eight basketball player. I was worried that he didn't know how to code because he just looks like such a <laughs> you know, dress is cooler than anybody in the office. And then finally I heard him like geeking out about Pokemon or Lord of the Rings or something. And I was like, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so, so anyway, we've had a, a third party consultancy that looked at the work Seth's done as he's making this transition. And he said, this is the best startup code I've ever seen. So, okay, great. So that's I, that. yeah. I, yep. see. I see. I mm -hmm. see. So that's important for the listeners because if you have a tech play of some kind and, and none of the co-founders are 
engineers, software engineers, or none of them can code, uh, it's much, it's much harder. <laughs> it is. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so, okay. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, so he's going to go do something else with AI. That's a whole nother podcast, by the way. That's a, yeah, that's a, happy to introduce you he's a great person yeah yeah you should you should intro me especially if he's going to be a founder at another uh uh, company that's uh, ai related we've had lots of guests on i tell you what man that's a whole nother the whole ai advancement and chat gpt and robots and things at landon uh it's moving it's moving at light speed and um I'm glad I'm almost 56 because you guys, the younger guys can worry about where all this is going. I, I, I'll be retired. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. It's pretty wild. What's like what's that. happening. So yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. So it's listoglobal.com. What, what does the listo stand for? What is, I should probably know. I probably should have looked that up ahead of time. It's a little bit of a tell because it's, it's, it's listo. If you speak any Spanish, it's also, oh, it's in, listo. It's, sorry. Should I be, yeah, should I be pronouncing it listo? Well, now, now, yeah, now that okay, I'm least, to, sorry, oh my fault, don't, Listo, don't, Listo. All right. Yeah, no reason to be, no reason to be sorry. When people first meet us and they say Listo, it tells us, oh, you probably know a little bit of Spanish or have done some work in Latin America, maybe something my like fault. that. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no worries. But really common, you know, Listo, Listo. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? So, um, if you if you or go on vacation to Mexico or Costa Rica or something, you'll hear Listo quite a bit. I see. So, yeah, so it means ready, and we incorporate that into our values. We're we're ready to serve. We're ready to help. We're ready to help our our clients and their employees. And um, so that's where Listo came from. And okay. um, and we make it easy for businesses to find, hire, and pay a global team. So, and is it is it the platform? Is it is it a SaaS company or a recruiting or a staffing firm or how do you Describe yourself to investors. Yeah, not, not staffing. Um, we have clients who are staffing um, companies. Okay. So it is the platform. And then we partner with companies like yours, like RiderFlex, okay. on the recruiting piece. And so um, uh, primarily our recruiting partners are in country, right? So if uh, if we're talking to a company that says, I'm interested in hiring global talent, I just don't have any and, and don't know where to start. I've, you know, not traveled a lot. So um, then I say, well, let's pick your region and we help, you know, consult companies on where and what type of role and, and then, um, you know, what cost savings may be out there if there are some, okay. and then um, we'll, we'll go forward and start recruiting for them using our, our partner network of recruiters around the world. I see. Okay. So you have partners like RiderFlex that will find the people and then once the people are found, your platform is how they're processed and how they're paid and how you're following all the paperwork rules or, or whatever, right? The taxes. You got it. Yeah, you got it. So, I mean, the question to ask, like if you were right, you know, writer flex and it's like if you had a partner who could help you handle all the complexities of global. Yes. And would you be open to hiring global? Yes. Ah, okay, then ah. let's use. And and so we have, yeah, rider flexes in uh, Eastern Europe and in Latin America and in East Asia and all, you know, all around the world that we'll work with to present candidates to our clients. I see. Okay. So this, so with this apply then we had a, a phone call, I don't know, six months ago. Um, they wanted us to do a bunch of hiring in the Philippines. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, you know, at first we said yes. And then we were like, uh, do we really know? I don't even know how to, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> yep. uh, is that, that's when we would call Landon and be like, Hey man, let's chat. Yes. Yep. Let's partner on that deal all day. Yep. Mm, I gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from the taxes to compliance to, to whatever. And does it apply for 1099 and W2, whatever? It doesn't matter. Correct. And that's a big difference. Yes, yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And what's your, business model how do you make money or is it a SaaS platform per user how, how do you make money go ahead go ahead so the, on the recruiting piece frankly that's not our we're, we're not trying to make money in recruiting i mean we, we we need to cover ourselves so we're not taking a loss on it okay um but, but if you were to say hey we want to hire we have a client that wants to hire people in philippines mm-hmm. we can go get a team that will do the sourcing and screening and present candidates to you for you to be able to vet and present to your end client 
So that, that's the recruiting piece. But on the employment and how we make money, to answer your question, um, yes, on our platform, if you want to pay a contractor through our through our system, it's $45 per month per contractor. And we have doesn't the- ma- Doesn't matter how, what level the contractor is at or what the contractor is making? Doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Yeah. So And, and it doesn't matter which country either. Um, so you name the country, name the contractor. It's really just a, a SaaS fee for the contractor. Okay. Now- if you want to employ someone in a different country as a W-2, mm-hmm. now you're looking at, you've got two options, essentially. You 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 know, what we call a W-2, that acronym or that, that code doesn't exist. They don't have the IRS in the Philippines. But if you wanted to be able to give them benefits and their social security and everything like that, right. you either have to set up a legal entity in the Philippines and hopefully you have $100,000 and six months and lawyers to get that done. Um, compliantly, and you don't want to do that. You're just wanting to you know, hire a back office team in the Philippines. So you can use our employer of record, which means instead of you setting up a legal entity, use ours. And and we will employ them as what we call in the U.S. a W-2. Okay. And and that fee can range anywhere from, you know, $400 up to 1000 or 1300 And that does depend on the employee and on the country. And so that's a, that's how we make our money is that employer of record offering where okay. we're, we are the employer. They're paid through our platform. We're the legal employer. We're not doing any day-to-day management. So um, yeah. So employer of record and contractor payments through our platform is, is really what we're doing. Okay. So if I hire, if I want this W2 employee that were, that lives in the Philippines, they officially are your employee on paper, but I can manage that, but I'm managing them. And then, but, but, but technically they work for you. Is that, is that right? <laughs> yes. Technically and legally, they are a Listo Philippines employee. Okay. Um, so that way, because, you know, when you want to register that person with the social security administration of the Philippines uh-huh. um, or Costa Rica or Lithuania, whatever it may be, they they need to have that employee identification number, employer okay. identification number, okay. and we have that. So then we can register them, and all of their taxes or their payroll taxes are paid. Everything's compliant and kosher. But then from your side and that employee side, their LinkedIn will say your business. Their business cards are yours. Their email address is yours. They're not representing Listo. They don't work for Listo. We really only, you know, are, are working with them if there's any HR issues or payroll issues. And if there are HR issues, am I coaching Mary? Am I the one writing Mary up or I'm calling you to say, hey, Landon, what, how does that work? Correct. The both. Right. So you're doing it through us with us. If you're writing someone up, if you have to terminate someone, if there's an issue, if they are being harassed. Right. Any okay. of those kind of things, you are involving us from an HR perspective. Um, am I do? Am I doing the coaching though? Like, am I calling her on the phone saying, "Hey, you screwed this up"? Or, yeah, it, it, I guess it would depend, you know, because you're managing their day to day. So if okay. you're doing performance improvement, you you wouldn't necessarily call us and say, like, "Hey, can you have them like use?" You know, they need to find the shift key on their keyboard because they never capitalize letters in their emails. That's generally not coming to us. I see. But if you are looking to, hey, they're on a performance improvement plan. If they I don't show up to work another okay. time in the next three weeks we can let them go that can okay. come through us yeah okay and you're taking care of benefits vacations pto you, you all that yep, yep. If, they, if, if, I fire them, if i fire them and unemployment you're dealing with unemployment you're, you're you're dealing with all that stuff yes and no right because there is severance in a lot of these countries and so if you're letting them go that's another piece where we're coaching you through that Ooh. as we onboard you with Ooh. these employees to let you know Ooh. that Here's their employment contract. They have a notice period, their severance requirements. So if you want to let someone go, then we're having a conversation about it for sure. Yep. I see. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. Very good. Uh, what do what do people like me do that aren't using Listo? They're probably not following the rules. They're probably like doing stuff that's not, uh, I don't know, proper, right? I don't, I don't know. You tell me. So, um. What we've seen is that they use, yeah, only, I think the last, we, we talked to an industry analyst that said only 20% of HR leaders know about employer of record. Um, and so the others are doing one, well, I would say one of three things. One is they don't know how to do it or what to do. And they know it's illegal to just hire, you know, wire money to contractors. So they 
don't do it. They don't know that there's a simple solution. So most don't know. Next is they they do just say, hey, like I'll PayPal this person. Just have them start coding for us. We'll figure out a way to pay them. Let's just go, right? And people, and, people, people are doing that all the time, like all the time. All the time, all the time. And, and that, wow. And technically that's illegal. So, so oh, if yeah. there's like, if there's like some little ABC company over here, some little startup in Colorado, and they're like paying some coders in the Ukraine, you know, through PayPal, like you're not actually not supposed to do that. Correct. That's illegal. Right. Wow. On both sides. Right. Because I mean, it's like, if you're paying because in, in the U S if you have someone coding for you and you Venmo them, like, thanks for the code. And you know, if it's under $600, like slap on the hand, nothing. Right. But if you're Venmoing someone every month for services and you're paying them $6,000 a month, like, you know, like, oh, this is illegal. It's not right. Cause there's not any payroll taxes deducted. There's no benefits being paid. So if you're just the way to is overseas doesn't make it not legal I or see. legal. Yeah. yeah. Isn't the way they're getting around is the way they're getting around that is that the, the Ukraine, they set up a, they set up an entity that the PayPal is going to instead of a person. And so you then, then the American company is treating it like a vendor. Yes. And that is, that is fine. If they, if they're doing it correctly with some caveat that that, employee that independent contractor vendor needs to act like a vendor not an employee yeah so now right. the company saying like hey we need you to work weekends we've got a big yeah. <laughs> it's like well that, that's just your vendor you don't get to dictate that so yeah we'll have misclassification problems yeah, but that okay. is a, that is a good workaround uh, not as commonly used again we see western union moneygram paypal you know it's like be careful um, yep. and just mm -hmm. talk to it. have a conversation with us and we'll help you to button it up correctly. And there's still a lot of labor arbitrage out there that the cost savings, you know, to pay $45 a month plus, or, or employer of record. So 500, $800 a month. Yeah. You're still saving a lot to hiring Ukraine. Oh, no um, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Way. No doubt about it. Okay. Very good. And you said the 1099, if, if I just want 1099 workers over there, mm -hmm. um, you can process you, you process them as well, but I guess it's a little it's a little bit a little bit different, or or no? No, that's real. It's really easy. It's self serve. You can go to listoglobal.com, create an account, and start paying your workers as 1099 contractors in the okay. platform. 1099 again, IRS acronym, IRS code, um, but it's so you can you can jump in and pay them right away. Okay. Um, and, and okay. Do you, okay. Do you help companies follow the rules between how you're supposed to treat 1099 and W-2? Because that is a, a very deep gray pond. <laughs> yes, we are always available, encouraging, and, and, and striving to help our clients to get that right. Yes. Um, okay. Whether they obey that or not necessarily, right, that's still up to them. But mm -hmm. we, can, we can coach them on how to make that uh, the, the, the correct classification. Okay. Do you have legal partners? Uh, some some employ some some worker over in Ukraine wants to sue us and whatever. And do you have like uh, avenues for that? Mm -hmm. Well, again, our, our Tyler, one of our co-founders, he's a lawyer, former general counsel for the global consultation that we worked for. Um, so it's great. Like people are like, oh, you have a lawyer as a co-founder? That's kind of cool, interesting. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you know our business, a lot of it is legal and compliance and classification. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you, we have a, a network of lawyers world, worldwide. So similar to our network of recruiters that we have around the world, we have lawyers and accountants worldwide. Okay. As well. yep. And sa same with HR consultants around the world that are there in these different countries. And they all have different rules and different weeks of vacation and all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have HR partners. And then a lot of the HR people are who we bring in-house. So we have a gal in UK. She's phenomenal. She helped. Uh, you know, she, she set up HR for Tesla, right? Like she's incredible. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, so yeah, some of them we have in house and then a lot of them will rely on partners in country. Okay. Very good. It sounds like a great resource so that business owners like me can hire overseas and just not have to worry about a bunch of details, man. Like just, just, just take care of it. You're, you're kind of like my tax accountant. I can just like, give you all this stuff and just be like, here, can you please do this? <laughs> sure. that's, that's exactly right. Again, if you had a partner that could handle all the complexities, complexities of global, would you do it? And most people are like, yeah, let's do yes. it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, is your target 
small to medium sized businesses? What what's your target right now for clients? Yeah, it's small to medium. Um, we have some big, you know, billion dollar companies that that work with us. Um, uh, a, a Johnson and Johnson or a you know a big old like a Facebook or something. They they have more lawyers than we have. You know, uh, no, yeah. they don't necessarily need us. They have entities all around the world. So yeah, yeah. In some cases, mergers and acquisitions, they'll bring us in. So we've done work for the Motorola's and Schlumberger's and some big okay. players that where where we'll come in and consult. But for the most part, uh, yeah, a lot of our companies are smaller smaller shops that want to hire ten people in France and get their sales going in France, or yes, a dev team in Costa Rica or something like that. You know. Okay, very good. Any, are you industry agnostic or are you focusing in certain areas? It happens to be that the environment right now and maybe also being in Utah and Silicon Slopes that a lot of our business that comes is software related. Right. Um, but we've always been you know, industry agnostic because there's needs in every industry to leverage global talent. Okay. Um, are you... By the way, one more time for the listeners, uh, listoglobal.com. Listoglobal.com, yeah. It's L-I-S-T. I I kept calling it list. Sorry, listoglobal.com. That's okay. Competition um, and super secret sauce patented. How do you protect yourself from the competition? I think we've actually – we've had a couple of people on the podcast with similar uh, platforms. I I don't want to mention their names, so I'm not going to call it your competition on on this episode. But – I know you got some. How do you differentiate yourself? How do you protect yourself from that? Talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah, I'll mention uh, kind of two categories of comp- competitors. Okay. One of them was like the pioneer. So my team, we've been in this space, especially EOR, since EOR was really born, an employer of record option. Okay. Um, and so one comp- competitor, we owe them big thanks because they built in these monster margins. <laughs> so they would they would sell at eighteen hundred dollars per employee per month minimum. So yeah. you know there you go. Right, you're, you're looking at twenty grand a minimum to employ someone outside the U.S. So we have them to thank for the margins. That then another competitor came into the space just a few years ago and was slashing invoices, um, and you know coming in saying we'll do it for five or six hundred dollars per month. And they really took a lot of market share and a lot of investment capital from institutions. Um, and and frankly, they've done a great job with their fast growth. They, they've grown faster than Slack, uh, Twilio, uh, one of the fastest companies to ever get from one to 100 million. Um, and if I don't mind mentioning them. I'll shoot, sing their praises. It's deal. They're they're doing incredible. Um, but we and and frankly, who knows? Yeah, they. They've got some great people there that we know and have met as well. Um, what differentiates us are, are, are a couple of things. One, our founding team is a team that has been doing this longer than Deal has been around. Okay. Deal Deal set out to be a way to pay contractors, a fintech. And we've said, we'll do the contractors, but we've also got employer record options. Oh, and by the way, if you do want to set up an entity because you have 200 people, we can help you do that too. We can do expats. We can do everything. So... The level of ex- expertise and experience of our team um, is is top notch. And then the other piece is, I mean, and from a service perspective, that's really important because when your payroll's off, or if you do need to let someone go and you need some consultation, in a company like Deal that's primarily just software, right? I, we hear this a lot that customer success isn't, you know, you have to submit a ticket and then you wait a couple of days and maybe you're going to hear back and then maybe you'll schedule a meeting. So for us, it's like, nope, you give us a call. Hey, I've got someone I need to let go or and, and we can help right away. Okay. And then the other piece is our network of recruiters like you. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, the, the deals and, and, and some of these other players, they'll refer you to a recruiter and say, like, work with them. Um, whereas we're saying, no, that you're still our client. We're going to bring you candidates. We're not trying to make our key revenue on recruiting. So um, okay. we just want to be able to cover our costs and we'll bring you good people. Can you, you're, is it, it's not just for overseas, is it? What if I, what if I had a client here in the U S that said, I just want contractors and Hey, RiderFlex, can you guys hold them as employees? And I'm like, ah, I don't want them. I don't want to hold them as employees. Can I call Listo? You finally caught me on something. I'm going to say no to. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. We we wouldn't do that unless they were overseas employees. You know. Well, but but why? It, at a certain point, like being a saying that we do everything global is really vague and that's it's huge scope. Like we'll do everything to make it easy for you to hire globally. If we start taking on like and U.S., then like what are we not right? And so there's that piece to it that's like we we don't want to be a U.S. payroll provider. If okay. you had a couple of contracts contractors that you wanted to pay through our platform, sure, like why not? Of course. But we're we're not trying to become a U.S. PEO, you know, U.S. HR. We and, and a lot of our and it would really crush a lot of our partners too, frankly. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You um you got on your website that you just raised some cash, right? Uh, is that uh that's is that the newest news? One point seven million pre-seed. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh huh. Nice. Yep. So nice. it's uh, been angels and overtime, and so we decided to announce that about a month ago, I believe. Um. Congratulations. So, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you, you. Now you know that you're, are you actually paying yourself? You're paying yourself a decent salary at this point. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny what inflation and everything else has done because it's like, yeah, we're paying ourselves and still feel like poverty. <laughs> it's like, woo. you're probably, you're probably still not paying yourself what you, what you were making as an executive or somebody else. Are you probably not? Correct. No. Yeah. No, no, not, not there yet. So <laughs> it's all right, man. We all lived it. We all live that, all right? You do what you yeah. got to do uh, to, I mean, hell, last year, I think I had five recruiters. They made more than I did. <laughs> sure. yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. You, know, you, you do what you have to do as, an, as, the, as the entrepreneur and as a founder, right, to, to get it going. Uh, yeah. But that's great. How much total cash raised so far then for life of the company? What have you raised? Yeah, just shy of two. And we stopped taking capital, you know, for our business is doing well and we're, we're growing yeah revenues and so um we may look to raise capital again here later in the summer um one thing i'd say about that just to your listeners and if you have listeners who are mentors and uh, or potential angel investors or just by word of mouth I, I posted about this that like there's that saying like the the best compliment you could give me is to refer someone to me like refer business to me and and i said those people have never had an angel investor put money into their company before because like those checks that were written by people that I know that believe in us, mm. like that's a compliment. That is a compliment. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, that's, it's incredible. So even if you don't put in money, but to, to say like, if I had, if I had the money, I'd put it in because I believe in you. Um, that just does so much. So, yeah, no doubt about it. Are you sleeping okay at night? Are you uh, you you waking up in the middle of the night sometimes in, in a cold sweat, or you're uh, how are you doing? How you how you holding up? God, it's like you just uh, drilled in and and uh, <laughs> following me or something. So, yeah, there's the the highs are really high and the lows are really low, and so during the hard times, it's uh, oh boy, you know what are we gonna do? And I mentioned our our tech co-founder, and so yeah, we're having some anxiety there, of course. Um, yes. Yes. And but overall, uh, again, I wouldn't have made this jump if I wasn't doing it with people that I just completely trust and love. And they give me a lot of, of peace. My my colleagues, my co-founders of, yeah. of knowing how great they are. So it's going to we know it's going to work. It's just a matter of how fast and, and when, you know, it takes off. So what if, hey, maybe deal calls you and they they buy you and you, you exit. Uh, is that is that a that's, that's a possibility, right? It's like, I don't want to say likely that we would do it. It's likely that they will call at some point in the next couple yeah. of years because they have so much capital that they've taken. Right. Uh, so, right. yeah. But you know what happens? You know what happens then? Then you get a little payout. You, you, you take some time off and then, then you got to go start something else. <laughs> the problem is with that, Steve, is I don't know what I would do. Like every, anyone that knows me is like, this is perfect for you. It's like, yeah. I love it. I love global. I mean, the, the part we haven't talked about is like how incredible it is to connect someone in a third world country, perhaps with mm. a an American company and elevate their life, change it forever. You know, it's like it's amazing. And so I love the, the career conference I was at ha happened to be in Hawaii and meeting with recent graduates out of the Philippines, out of South Korea, out of, Japan, you know, wherever. Um, and to know that, like, yeah, we're going to help you find a job is incredible. So. Yeah, that is special, right? Because um, if if you live in the Philippines and you're making seventy thousand dollars a year American money, 
Like you're living pretty good, aren't you? Oh, that's right? way that's way good. If you're making thirty, you're you're living really well in the Philippines. Seventy you know, like that's, yeah. whoa, what that's filthy money. We had uh, somebody that lives. Uh, I I don't want to get too specific here, but we have somebody that lives in a different country that does work for us, and uh, they made over 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 125 grand last year. And uh, she said she just told me she's like you've completely changed my life. She's like it just completely changed my life. You know. Wow. Wow. Uh, and it is special, right? Isn't it? Right. At the end of the yeah. day, you know, I know we all want to make money. Sure, we all have to feed our families, but boy making a difference in somebody's life it, it yeah. really is a special thing isn't it oh it's, it's amazing well and just the connectivity of it and like connecting mankind right like god's family on earth to yes to have some employees in a different country and you get to know them and learn about their culture and you know um their family what are they doing on the weekend what are they doing on their vacation and um it that that unifying piece is also really that's really special and something i i'm extremely passionate about so yeah doesn't it doesn't it just annoy the crap out of you when you meet people here in the u.s that have never been to a third world country and they they complain and, you, and you're like bro you don't even you don't understand how good we got it here man come yeah. on <laughs> when, when i was in angola and i'd see kids they, they couldn't speak english and they knew you know they they put their hand in their mouth and it's like oh you know just, but even recently some gals i was on a call with um doing a training and and they're in a, a third world country and so i said hey let's take a quick break we've been on a zoom for a long time I'm not going to end the zoom but like let's take 10 minutes and come back lo and behold i came back like four minutes later because i did the classic man you know open the fridge nothing really there whatever shut it grab a soda went back and I, you know i was like i'm back early looks like you are too and they're like yeah we are and i said well i looked for something to eat and we didn't have anything to eat and both of their faces went and and I was like, oh no, no, and I'm just digging myself. There was no getting out of it. I, I no, no, no. I didn't mean like you know we're hungry. Like there's nothing to eat. I just meant like nothing Ooh. real good that I wanted. And then I'm like, oh, I'm making it worse. And there was never like a anyway. Yeah, but but think about what that experience does to me and for that those those gals and the connection there. That's like yeah, like what I'm doing for them by employing them, training them, giving them skills. Um, that's great that's great and it makes you a lot more grateful just for your own life right you you finish your day you go home to those four kids and you know you turn the water faucet on fresh water comes out you flip the switch the light comes on there's food on the table you know all those little things we take for granted yeah yeah we complain about <laughs> you know melting the quesadilla in the microwave like but no that's that's amazing. <laughs> well, Landon, congratulations, man, on uh, you. everything you and your your co-founders uh, have built and are building. Congrats. Love the story. Great story. Listoglobal.com. Appreciate you sharing you. everything on the RiderFlex podcast. Thank you. Very fun conversation and uh, best of luck to you. Look forward to staying in contact. Uh -huh.